the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. In the challenging times we live in today, we believe that God's Holy Word is the single most important source to all the answers we need and are searching for. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7:24 that anyone who hears his words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on solid rock. It is our hope with this program to help you grow in your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Lift Up Jesus is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, California. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. She's never been here before. Someone brought her, invited her, said, you got to come to church. Oh, it's a joyful place. You got to meet Pastor Dudley. He's full of joy. I don't care how discouraged you are. Just if I could just if you could just meet him, you'd just be joy. You want to be baptized? Yeah, I think I, I think I want to be baptized. Oh, let's go meet Dudley. He'll be so happy about this. Say, so bring the lady up. Hey, Pastor, this is so and so. This is the first time, first timer, first timer. You know how you're trying to make a, a good impression for first-timers? She's here. She's thinking about getting baptized. And I turn to her and I go, you're nothing but a snake. Why'd you come crawling in here on your belly, you rattlesnake? What you need to do, lady, is you need to repent right now for all of your sins. You're not getting in unless you repent, you sinner. I apologize, ma'am. It doesn't feel very joyful, does it? Calling people snakes and vipers. But let's keep reading verse 15. We're going to finish this out. We've come this far. The people were... Yeah, she's never coming back. And that is kind of the point. The people were waiting expectantly. They were all wondering in their hearts if this crazy guy could possibly be the Christ. John answered them all, I I baptize you with water, but there's one coming that's far more powerful than I, whose laces of his sandals, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. And he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And verse 17 says, his winnowing fork is in his hand, to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn and he's going to burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. What he's saying there is you guys think I'm a little rough around the edges. Wait till Jesus gets here. 
And this goes against everything all of you believe that have been raised here in America, what you think Jesus is like and what you've been told Jesus is like is that Jesus loves everybody and he's just here to get along with everybody. John says you don't know the Messiah. When the Messiah appears in verse 17, he's going to appear with a winnowing fork in his hand. He's going to clear out the threshing floor, going to gather the wheat into the barn. He's going to burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Again, this doesn't seem very Christmassy to me. Verse 18. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and preached the good news to them. But when John, verse 19, he started to rebuke the people over there in the People magazine. He gets on Herod's case because of Herodias, his brother's wife. Herod is sleeping with his brother's wife. And Herod did all these other evil things, and Herod was a political person. And John starts tearing into Herod. So, verse 20, all the other evil things that Herod had done, he might as well do one more evil thing. He had John thrown into prison. And if you read six more chapters, by the time you get to Luke chapter 9, Herod has John's head cut off they're at a party. Ma'am, I'm sorry to tell you all this if you don't know all this. Here comes, here comes little Johnny. Now he's grown up. He's been preaching repentance to the nation of Israel. Herod doesn't like the message, so he has his head cut off, and he puts it on a silver platter. They're all having this party, and John has this guy walk in. They said, let me show you what I got. He takes it off, and there's John's head on a platter six chapters later. I ask you again, where's the joy? Where's the joy in all of this? Well, I only have a a short time remaining and a lot to piece together, but the angel Gabriel had it right. John and his message of repentance is the only way that any of us will ever find true joy. It is a difficult message. Because most of the time, we choose to live in sin. And we don't want anybody on this planet telling us that we shouldn't be living in sin. But I don't care who you are, if you're in People magazine. I don't care who you are, famous, not famous. If you've got a little bit of sin or a lot of sin... If you're living a life of sin, that road only leads to heartache and brokenness. And the only way you will ever discover and have joy in your life is if you ever come to a place of repentance in your life. Write this down. What does it mean to repent? What's rightful repentance? Rightful repentance is where you do a 180 degree turn and you turn away from your sin. I'm using this green light, since it's pretty uh, generic, and saying that that is sin, okay? It could be anything. That, that, thing, that could represent any sin. But repentance is where you're living a life of sin, and repentance is where you do a 180-degree turn, not this direction. You literally turn away from it. Are, are you with me? Now, some people think that repentance is a 360-degree turn, where you're here, and I go to church, 
and I'm, I'm going to go to church, and, I'm, and then Monday I'm turning right back to it. That, that's not repentance. Repentance is a 180-degree turn where you turn away, but write this down. It's also where you turn to Jesus. It's, it's, not, it's not just turning away from sin, because you could reach a point where you're involved in something that you should not be involved in, and you say, you know what, I, I, this isn't good for me. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that anymore. That's not repentance. Yes, you have to turn away. But real repentance is turning towards Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, the angel will eventually appear to Joseph and tell Joseph that, Joseph, you and Mary are going to have a son, and you're not to name him John. You're to give him the name Jesus. And the angel says this in Matthew 1. He says, you name him Jesus because... His name, the name Jesus, it, it, it actually means, that His name actually means that He will save His people from their sins. That's what Jesus means. No wonder you like the name, because that's what it means. And so, again, repentance is turning 180 degrees uh, away from sin and turning towards Jesus. So, so before I, we, we go on to point two in the outline, you, you have to ask yourself, is, is, there, is there anything in your life that you're doing, involved with, that you know goes against God? Is there anything? I, I, I have to ask myself that question. You have to, I can't ask that for you. you. You can't ask it for me. You have to ask yourself as you're listening to this sermon and as the Holy Spirit moves, does the Holy Spirit leading you to, to think of anything in your life, maybe, maybe it's something you're watching on Netflix or YouTube, Maybe it's a lack of love, lack of forgiveness. Maybe it's some secret sin that nobody knows about. Any form of idolatry, any form of immorality. Is there anything in your life that you're engaged with that you just shouldn't be doing? And, and as the Holy Spirit convicts and as the Word of God dictates, you need to turn from that sin and, and not just stop doing it. You actually need to turn towards Jesus and start living for Jesus each and every day. That's repentance. That puts you on the road to restoration. It puts you on the road to restoration. Restoration is this idea that man is broken. Our world is broken. And I will tell you this, that anything that man is in charge of is broken. Because man is broken. The government is broken. Do you know why the government is broken? We could take all of them, kick them all out. We could kick them all out, and we could pick another 500 people to put in there. You guys are doing terrible. We're going to put some new leaders in there. Guess what? Still broken. If man's in charge, it's broken. The United States Postal Service. Ma'am, please tell me you're not a male woman. Praise God. Thank you. There was a mailman in here last service. He was all upset. But it doesn't matter. The, the postal service is, is, is messed up because it's, it's run by humans. 
we're all broken. The educational system in America is broken because it's run by humans. The place where you work is broken because it's run by broken people. And the whole idea of uh, all of this comes, it goes all the way back. You know this. It goes all the way back to the very beginning of time where Adam and Eve, God put two people, one man, one woman, in the garden. It was perfect paradise. There was nothing going wrong there. Everything was perfect. And God said, hey, there's this one tree. It's right there in the middle of the garden. And there's this one fruit. And just, you know, you, you, you can do whatever you want. He gave them... He gave them one rule. We have thousands. One rule. Don't eat that fruit. From that one tree, all else is good. It was perfect. And they chose to eat that fruit. And when they ate that fruit, they sinned against God. And from that day until today, we live in a fallen world, a broken world. And this church, and this Bible, and the Holy Spirit, and God Himself sends His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, into this world, which we'll talk about that next week, for the sole purpose of restoring this world, and restoring families, and restoring marriages, and restoring people that are broken that's the meaning of christmas and here it all it all goes back to repentance conviction it starts with conviction you've got to be convicted that there's a sin there i don't know is there someone out here who thinks that there's no sin in your life you just so you're oblivious It, it starts with just being convicted that yeah i i've done wrong it starts there but then it moves on to step two which is contrition. Those are two different things. Conviction is just you reach a point where you know, and I I just think instinctively we know, A, or B, you read the Bible, and then you go, oh, the Bible says this is wrong, I shouldn't be doing it. But then there comes this thing where where you have what's called, it's not that you're sorry, it's that you are remorseful that you've sinned against God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10, that godly sorrow is what leads to repentance. Have you ever seen anyone on TV get in trouble and they go, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that? You know they're not contrite over what they did, right? We had a, we had a guy on staff here. And he did some things he shouldn't have done. And we called him in. And uh, Tim tells me we got to fire this guy. And I, I didn't want to fire him. What he did was wrong. He should be fired. But I didn't want to fire him because he was, he was, this was a good guy. He did a lot around here. And I said, now before you fire him, let me just meet with him one time. I, I just want to see what's in his heart. So we met. And all I wanted to hear him say was, Pastor, I have done wrong against you against the church against god almighty and i am sorry and i will never do this again i just wanted to see some contrition there was no contrition it was like yeah yeah i did it i'm sorry but there was no contrition 
There's no repent. If there's no contrition, there's no such thing as repentance. Step three, write this down. Step three is confession. You eventually got to confess it. You, you know, conviction, I know it's wrong. Then you know, like, I've done this against God. All, all sin, I don't care what sin, what sin you've committed or I've committed, it's against God. And there should be, God is a holy God. There should be some type of contrition and sorrow that leads us to repent. And then you confess. You say, God, it, it was bad. I was wrong. I, should, I, I, will, never do, I will never do it again, God. I'm, I'm sorry. It's called confession. Now, we know 1 John 1, 9 says that if you, if you will confess your sin, that God is faithful and just, and He will forgive you. God is willing and waiting this very moment to forgive you of any sin that we've ever committed. But He's waiting for us to confess the sin. Now, I'll just tell you this. He already knows that you've committed the sin. It's not like, God, I did this. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> you know, He already knows. It's, it's the same thing with your kids. You know, what you want to see your kid do is to come clean and say, I shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. And I'm not going to do it again, which is the fourth point. Write this down. It's called, there's got to be a change of behavior. If there's no change of behavior, there's no repentance. Stay with me. You can confess. You can, you can, you can be convicted. Yes, I did wrong. You can actually feel terrible that you did this. Have godly remorse. And you can say, God, I'm going to acknowledge to you that I have done this. But if there's no change of behavior and you just continue committing the sin, it's not repentance. But this, this is where faith comes in. That there's a recognition of sin and this godly remorse and you acknowledge that in 1 John 1, 9 and then you turn to Jesus and it's, that, it's in that turning to Jesus. That's faith. And when you turn to Jesus, put your faith in Him. He forgives you of every sin that you have ever committed. And then, point three is where you get to rejoice. That's where true joy comes from. We know David in Psalm 51 he committed adultery and murder. There's huge sections of this book that was written by an adulterer and a murderer. You say, Pastor, how can that be? Well, you've got to read Psalm 51. That's where David, it's his prayer of confession. It's his prayer of contrition. It's this prayer of repentance. I tell you, you read, listen to me, you read Psalm 51 and see if that's how you respond whenever you sin. David was such a broken man that he sins and he says, I will never again, God, restore. He keeps saying, restore to me the joy of these bones that have been crushed. The Bible says this. I want to skip all the way to the last verse in, in uh, Luke 15. The Bible says, uh, I tell you that in the same way, there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous people who don't need to repent. But it's your choice. It's my choice. 
You get to go home today, lay down on your bed. How many of you have a pillow on your bed? Well, there's some lady here today, she doesn't sleep with a pillow. How do you do that? She probably sleeps on a cat. But you're living a life of sin. You go home and go to bed. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how famous you are. I don't care how many times you've been in People Magazine, how famous you are. When you lay down at night, there's an emptiness. There's a loneliness. There's a brokenness. Because you know deep down, you don't need... You don't need some preacher telling you to repent. You just know inside, I'm not doing right. But if you can acknowledge and be convicted that that's wrong, be contrite, confess it before God, and turn to Jesus. And don't go back to that. Oh, you get to go home tonight, lay down on that pillow, knowing that all your sins have been forgiven. You don't need to worry about anything because you know God's got everything in the palm of his hand. So the rest of the world is laying there worrying. You don't need to worry. You know that God takes care of the little sparrow. He's going to take care of you. That He clothes the valleys and the fields with flowers and with grass. That He can keep clothes on you. Oh, you lay in bed that night having this sense of true joy and peace. What is that worth? Oh, it's worth everything. Oh, I tell you this. That angel who said that this boy, Johnny, little Johnny, will bring joy to the world was absolutely correct. Because anybody who repents and turns from a life of sin and turns to a life of faith in Jesus Christ, they are the only ones that experience joy. And once you experience that, you don't even want to go back to that old way of life. Be sure to join us next week as Pastor Dudley continues with today's message here on Lift Up Jesus. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you are in need of prayer, we invite you to call us at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer requests you may have at this time. You can also contact us right now if you'd like to receive a copy of today's message on either CD or DVD. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every week. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888 818 
888-447-4777. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. Liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.